Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. We're here on assignment at Drive Night at Race Services, put on by the lovely folks at Edge TV Network. Um, I've got Eric Scheller up here with me, who's just one of the attendees, but he's pretty much big in the Subaru community. So, Eric, it's lovely to have you being forced into a press gang, so to speak, into being in the podcast, and I appreciate you having your time here. So, Eric, tell me, how is it that you got into cars originally? What's the story there behind that? Um, I've always liked cars as a kid, and um, finally getting a job and able to afford a car and you know modify it the way I wanted to. That's how I got into cars, and you know, be living in LA, everyone needs a car. Yeah, and we need to go places. And I just had a passion for going fast. Okay. So that's how I got into cars and racing. And so how did this, the, the Subaru direction, how did that come across? Where did that sort of fit into it all? Like I said, I like to go fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm an avid snowboarder in the winter. Okay. So when I was looking for a new car, I wanted something that was Japanese, that was manual transmission, all-wheel drive, and I could take it to track at the same time. So the only car that fit that criteria was a Subaru. Okay. And then how long have you been? Is this your? This won't have been your first, then I'm going to assume. Is yes. It your first? First one. Okay. So how long have you had the Subaru for then? Five years. And so what have you done to it since you took ownership? I've taken it all over um, the West Coast, up and down to Portland, Washington, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, um, Montana on road trips, and I've taken to the track 16 times. Okay. So which tracks are you usually heading up to in those times? Um, usually frequent Button Willow, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck Walla, Laguna Seca, and Auto Club Speedway. Which is a pretty good selection of tracks you've been going yeah. to. And then can you tell us a little bit more about the club that you're involved in as well? Yeah, the club I'm involved in is Team Subaru 15, and uh, we're mostly active in the Southern California region. And we um, gather all the Subaru owners together and do meets, and we do uh, track events, and we do shows, generally hanging out and networking with other owners to share ideas and what kind of modifications they do to their cars. And how many guys, or how many actually members have you got in the Team Subaru 15? Um, in our SoCal chapter, we have about 300, and then we have about 1,000 nationwide. Okay, that's a good number then. Right. And then, so, um, if anyone's willing to look or find out more information on Team Subaru 15, where can they track down? Where's the best place to find that sort of secret? Uh, the best place to find us is on Instagram at Team Subaru 15. Okay. It's pretty yeah, straightforward. Just, yeah, pretty spelled out, as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, obviously, we're here tonight playing some uh, racing games. Did you get on the simulators at all? I did. I went on twice. How did you do? How did you fare? Actually, this is the first time for me playing this kind of game in VR, and it was pretty fun, and I... Did okay, but um, yeah, it's I can see it gets pretty very competitive, and uh, I mean, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, the competitive level I will say ramps up very very quickly here. It seems right. There's a lot of competition there. There is. And then, so does that mean that usually you're not doing the VR stuff? You're usually playing the controller then when you do it. I usually play in the controller, or I would go to like the coin up arcade mm-hmm. to play. But uh, this is a new experience because it's a very uh, um, realistic setup. Yeah, and, uh, and um, the VR just having a screen attached to your face—it's a bit different experience. But it's—I thought I wouldn't like it, but I actually kind of like it. Yeah, and how how realistic would you say it was to driving that compared to what doing the track days you've been doing? Um, you, nothing compared to the real thing, but that, I think that's the closest you can get. Yeah, it's like actually being in the car on the track. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But Eric, it's been lovely to chat to you. 
Um, and thank you so much for being able to sit down here. Great. Thanks for having me. No worries. You have a great one. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. We've been able to track down notable author. Wow. Who also sounds like a fish. <laughs> Ryan Zamalan. Hey. Ryan, fresh, fresh from your trip up to Laguna Seca. Yes. Promoting your wonderful book, which is? Slow Car Fast. Which is a great book, by the way. Yeah, thanks, man. It's a wonderful book, and everyone should read it. Everyone should buy at least 16 copies. There you minimum. go. Minimum. That's hardback copy. Or I should say hardback copies, and then buy it in a digital form, and then send it to their friends mm -hmm. multiple times. So, Ryan, you're here at Drive Night, and you've had a go on the simulators. What do you think? Uh, it's a blast. It is extremely difficult. I thought because I have played Xbox for a million hours of my life uh, in Forza Motorsport and a bunch of racing games before that, that I would have a solid grip on this, and it is extremely difficult. So, Because we're playing, what, is it Dirt 2 tonight? Uh, I think uh, Project Cars 2 is the rally, the rally cross I was doing. Okay. I have not played Project Cars before, uh, and I haven't done that kind of simulator before you so you didn't, you didn't have a quick word with rod chung to try and give you some insights in the project car world you no, know, man, I, out there? uh i should have because i got out there and embarrassed myself pretty I, quickly well look so as long as you run into someone that's the important thing <laughs> but yeah so what so the, yeah so it's a full simulator right and it's got is it the for like four axes where it moves you forward and back and left and right and like has it got the fans that blows the wind through your <laughs> no that's the that's you got to upgrade to the other model oh, to get to get okay. the wind but okay. yeah it moves uh you can it shifts your balance around which is really cool and uh it does a pretty good job of like giving you the sensation of, of moving around in a car which is which is a lot of fun and then, um, so are you saying you're going to come back to the next drive night? I'll be back for sure. Because, I mean, Edge TV here, doing a real good job at race service. And not only that, we've got some good car candy as well. Yeah. Uh, the thing I love about, uh, I mean, not to, not to suck up to race service too much, but they really do a good job of uh, incorporating different things uh, that you can do when you're here. So if you're, not, if you're not in the seat, there's other stuff to do. There's cool music. Uh, there's awesome cars, and uh, it just makes it a more welcoming environment to, to people. It makes me, like, I'm usually afraid to invite friends who aren't car people to car events. Yeah. And stuff like this is really neat because you can, you can bring whoever you want, and there's other stuff to do, and they'll, be, they'll have fun. And I might also advise, but I think there's a pretty incredible podcast they're trying to do live with these events, too. Exactly. Uh, do you know where it is? I don't I, I think it's, oh, it might be in that incredible artiste, <laughs> ornamental conifers uh, workroom. Yeah. Well, we've even got, I really like the strobes that we've got, like, illuminating us right now. What a backdrop, man. You need to get some of this work in, uh, in the no-breaking studio. Look, I'm trying. I know that I've uh, got my helmet on back order with Nico to finish. Nice. So it's just he's quite, kind of a busy man, nice. enough, doing all that stuff for Daniel Ricardo and. Well, I, th I think Daniel. I think Daniel skipped you in the line a little bit. So. He did. It's it's shocking. I mean, he is from Perth, so I guess. I give <laughs> but uh, Ryan, more importantly, where can people go to get the book? You can buy Slow Car Fast uh, on CarraraBooks.com at the moment. It's C A R R A R A Books.com. Uh, and that's only where it's available right now. I'm working on making it more uh, widespread, but uh, at the moment, that's where it is. Uh, All people could go to the Laguna Seca and pick it up, I guess. It is in the official store at the track at Laguna Seca, which is great, so you can get it there, too. There's an IMSA race coming up and then IndyCar right after that, and so if you're going to either well, of those races, it's, just it's there. Just buy the copy. Just yeah. buy them all. Yeah. And then I guess the, uh, Rhode Island as well is a big place. <laughs> I'm starting a campaign. I'm starting a campaign. I think I've... 
I've shipped to 10 or 12 states or something like that so far, and I don't know why, but I just decided to single out Rhode Island as the next one okay, that it needs to come from. That's so, a big market. hey, show up, represent. Look, it's all about that RI. Where you at, RI? Look, it's good. But, Ryan, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for letting me drag you away from the games. Now I know you gotta, you're up soon, so I'll let you get back to it. Absolutely. i got to tick off those extra two seconds. Of course. All right. All right, then, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. And we are back with what I will say is probably one of the hardest names I'm ever going to try and pronounce on a podcast. So, in fact, I'm going to cop out here. Will, Will, can you please introduce yourself? <laughs> hey, guys. My name is Will Watanawankiri. Thanks, James. No, no. And, and you, I, got, I can try and pronounce that, but I'm doing a terrible job. But you've got your lovely key ring that you've given me here, which has made my day because I like little chutskis. Like awesome. So, Will, it's wonderful. So, we're obviously here at Drive Night. So, tell us, what, is you, what are you doing here? Well, uh, we are here because there's a sim racing event, and we have hosted a very similar event at our shop as well. And, you know, Nick, Wayne, and the guys over at HTV Network, well, they're great amazing. Guys. Great guys. Oh, yeah. They're, those guys are amazing. And I'm here to support and be a part of uh, their little tournament. And it's a very exciting event to be out here. So, you know... Coming out here, meeting a bunch of car guys, and just being out here, why not, right? Exactly, and it's a fantastic location. Look, oh, I mean, yeah. race service is a great place to host. We're in Nico's here, Ornamental Conifers, obviously fantastic workspace. We've been illuminated by the media team at race service here, so I've never looked so fabulous in all my life. But, oh, but, you look great. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, it's, I, people, my mother does say, does, does say I have a face of podcasting, so I mean, there I'm you just go. taking it. <laughs> but... Um, so, Will, when we talked before we, we pressed the record button, you told me that you're a bit of a professional gamer by trade in the past. At some point in my life, absolutely. So what was it that sort of pushed you in that direction? How does one sort of become a professional gamer? Well, back in the days when you were playing Counter-Strike, you have some tournaments that you could actually get into, and it used to be called Cal. Mm -hmm. Cal was the amateur league, and then there was uh, CPL, which is the pro league, and... What that stands for is uh, Cyber Athlete uh, Amateur League or Cyber Athlete Professional League. So I eventually completed in, competed in Pro League uh, where they actually flew us. Uh, the team flew us out to Texas and competed against a whole bunch of other teams around the world. So that was my early days of pro gaming. And you were obviously being a pro. You were probably quite successful. And I understand, as I said, we talked off earlier. You'd manage to transfer some of that money and sort of push it towards this career that you've sort of developed into now. Is that right? Right. For the most part, uh, if it wasn't for that, I, I'm not even sure where I would have gotten started. But being in gaming, I, I learned how to build uh, servers, learn how to build computers. And our team used to rent servers from a company. And then when I was working for an internet cafe, I learned that, Ooh, I've been maintaining computers, building servers. Why don't I host my own servers? And that's really where I started hosting servers for my team. And then I started renting them out to other teams. And I started seeing money come in. Uh, back then, you're talking about $300 a month to rent like a 32-player servers. Whereas now, it's probably about like $30 or so. But, you know, it's... But back in the days, we're talking like when I was uh, 14, 15, and now I'm 33. So many, many years ago, almost 20 years ago. And so what was the first car that sort of got you into driving, so to speak? Well, cars always been my passion ever since I was really young. I love seeing them, hearing them, and I've always seen racing on TV. And, and that was like my favorite thing to do, just to watch racing cars, 
on TV, and whenever I see them around the street, people with exhaust, you know, they would drive by, and I was just always excited to hear them and to be a part of it. When my neighbors are washing their car, fixing their car, I would definitely be there just watching them do it. And as soon as I was able to afford buying my own car, which is a Nissan 240SX S13, that was the first car I've ever worked on myself, and I... I wanted to get car parts for cheap, so I learned how to network and got myself a wholesale license, uh, resale permit, so I could buy parts for my own cars. But turned down to a second business as well. Started selling car parts online back in the day. So sure. And does that mean that you will get your parts overnighted from Japan on the regular then? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way you get car parts, right? Right. Oh yeah. So then, what what have you what did you do with your two forty? I mean, where did that? How did that sort of go from being you picked up the car and then where did it lead you to down the road? So fixing up the car, going up to the canyons a lot. So and this is when you go up to the canyon, you go strictly the speed limit, right? The Absolutely. Whole time. Never go. I mean. The statute might have passed, but yep. you'd always suggest going the speed limit, correct? <laughs> right. So, you know, there's tonight we're here at drive night. Mm -hmm. But my definition of drive night was very different when I was 17 years old. I was basically having my own drive night up in the canyon just almost every single night of the week until I literally had no, no more money for gas to go up in the canyons or I run out of tires and I have to save up a little bit more through selling more parts online, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I would go up there and really, that's where I learned a lot of different skill sets. And so what was it that you really enjoyed about doing the canyon runs then? Well, I didn't know about the track days and I didn't even know it cost X amount of money to go to the track day. I didn't even know they even existed. And I just kept going to the canyon so that I could practice and I was able to drive and I was able to enjoy the road and the car. And I was really learning that when I push myself, I'm really getting close to the limit. And, you know, it's a very dangerous place. Very little to no mistake could be made up there, right? Yeah, funny that. The canyons, it sort of gives it away in the name. Right. But you don't worry <laughs> yep. about these things when you're a teenager. You know, exactly. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. So, so when did they make the transition then going from uh, moving it more to, like, track days and that kind of thing? How long ago, how did that sort of progress? So after having been driven in the canyons or driving in the canyons for maybe about a year or so, um, fortunately, having met some people that were up in the canyons as well, but these guys were older than me. You know, I was in my, I think, even before 20, and these guys were probably in their, like, late 20s or even early 30s, and they're like, hey, you know, why don't you come out to the track? And I was like, how does all that work? And, you know, they were nice enough to kind of show me the ways and take me out there, and uh, I was able to register for a track day for under $200. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I didn't even know stuff like that even existed, right? So, you know, that just being young and not exposed, and the internet weren't really around much back in the day, so we weren't so exposed to things like that really easily. Yeah, and track days are real. I mean, they're big business now, obviously, track days. Absolutely. And there's so, so many different organizations. Yeah, and, and there's different places you can go, and you can probably find one almost every day of the week now if you really wanted to go about and do it. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. So, but, you know, when I was much younger... That I didn't know that existed, and ever since then, I started going as much as I could. Now, track days become even more expensive. You run out, run through your tires, and 
your consumables because and everything else so yeah, much quicker. Because now you're like, well, I've got to go a little bit faster. I've got to get that time a second quicker and a second quicker. And obviously, that always comes to cost. Right. But thankfully, now you're the super high paid and you've got all the money and you don't worry about things like that. You just have to pay it all, right? You know, I, I wish it was that simple. But yes, I still have to, uh, you know, spend a lot of money out of pocket. But it... I've been doing quite a bit of racing now. I've uh, done some, quite a few pro racing as well. Yeah, so why don't you and tell us a little bit about the pro racing history and what you've been doing there on that front. So, well, uh, let's continue back to how I got started. But I entered myself in a few time attack events, mm -hmm. from Redline Time Attack to Global Time Attack. And that really kind of opened the doors to getting to motorsports. And yep. From there, would that have been over at Button Willow then when they're doing those events there? Or I have done Button Willow, mm -hmm. all the local racetrack you think of from Streets Willow, Willow Springs, Auto Club Speedway. I've done it all, all with all the local racetrack organizations mm -hmm. and eventually entered myself into club racing with NASA and SCCA. And mm -hmm. I've done Some a few great events with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that really opened the door to the motorsport world. I thought motorsport was doing track day racing, right? Motorsport is really entering yourself into doing wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing against some other cars for positions. And, you know, and that, I pursued that and started doing some stuff like uh, Super Touring. I've done Roaster Cup USA's. I've done uh, GT4 America, which was uh, formerly Pirelli World Challenge mm -hmm. uh, GT classes. Yeah. So... I've done Pikes Peak Hill Climb as well, which is takes me back to my route, which canyon driving and racing in the Americans Mountain. So, yeah, and, yep. and obviously, I mean, Pikes Peak is it's a pretty formidable place to go and drive up. I will say. Oh yeah, it's very uh, it is very demanding for your car and for the driver as well. The low uh, the high altitudes come with low oxygen level, uh, low oxygen for the car, low oxygen for the driver. So some people are already getting some sort of uh, elevation or altitude sickness at like 10,000 feet elevation. Mm -hmm. We're starting at about 9,000 something elevation going all the way up to 14,000 feet in elevation. So yeah. it's pretty high up there. And so <laughs> what is it that you're currently racing then? What are the cars that you've got now at your disposal? Uh, personal car. I do have the time trial car, which is my 240SX. Mm -hmm. The very trusty 240SX from day one. I still have that. Um, it's kind of semi-retired at the moment because I am now building my S15, one of the very rare car in the U.S., uh, which is still an S chassis, another version of like a newer 240SX, but it was never sold in the U.S. Yeah. And um, What year is it that you've got? The S15 is yeah. a 2000. Okay. Yep. And my original 240SX is a 1990. So oh, okay. So that's good then, a good 10-year oh. difference between the oh, two. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. so... Uh, what are you going with the S is it the SR20 DET and the S15 then are you going something different in that I have always had the SR20 in my S13 but I was also going to use the SR20 for S15 as well but we've probably have exhausted that engine and all the possibility to make the power and keep it reliable so I think moving forward we are going with the VR38 okay DETT which is coming off of the the Nissan GTR, yeah, I was R35 say the GTR, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is not a bad way to go about doing it, right? Right, right. And now we have all the technology, the the proper management. Uh, we could put uh, proper air onto the car and build it from ground up to be a real proper time trial car. Yeah, I was going to say because the the S15 is one that's been particularly used in the like the global time attack series where they've had some pretty aggressive aero on those cars. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, effectively, uh, especially in uh, World Time Attack, yeah. very huge uh, in the S chassis, uh, S15, S13. They have have place in a, either f finish first, winning the event, or even you know somewhere in the podium. So it's a pretty pretty strong chassis for for Time Attack. Yeah, and especially showing its age as well, especially in S13, as you said, 1990. It's coming on. It's it's getting old. Along in the truth, that very of thing. very. <laughs> and so. Um, if people are wanting to find out about you and your team, where's the best place to find uh, for, to track you guys down? They can definitely visit our social media pages uh, on Instagram, on Facebook. Just look up Team WWR, and you'll find us there. Uh, we also have a media company as well called Imola Media, which has originally fed all the media contents for our team, but now it's own its own entity. So providing media services for a lot of different clients, you know, automotive mainly, but yeah. Videography, photography, we provide them all. Well, Will, it's been a, a real joy talking to you. And so, my, I guess my, uh, before we sign off, when can we expect to see you and your S15 competing then? Have you got any set for a timeline of when you'd like to have it on the track? Um, to be honest, we are not sure. It all depends on funding. So whoever <laughs> would like to, would love to work with our team. Yeah, sponsors are always great, right? Everyone Absolutely. likes sponsors. So if you've got sponsors, please, please. Absolutely. Reach out to Will and myself. We're always looking for sponsorship. Isn't that right, Will? Yes, sir. Thank you very much, James. No, Will, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, and thanks, everyone, for listening. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and we're back, this time with Rod Chong. Rod, thank you for taking a break from the racetrack. The virtual race virtual racetrack. I, I should yeah, definitely not. Although, didn't Elon Musk say that this is all a simulation? I guess so. It's a simulation in a simulation. Uh, it would be. Ah, and I wonder what kind of headset I'm using right now. In the like, are there competing the brands? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I there may be competing brands, and we're all plugged into different brands. Yeah, but then we don't want to talk about the brands because they might not be sponsoring this episode. So. Oh. Okay. So we just don't mention the brand that I'm wearing. Well, we don't know because we don't know. If we're plugged into a simulation right now, we don't know the brand of the simulation, which means that someone is not doing a good job with marketing. I know. Someone should really get – do you think Elon should be – that should be a task for Elon then to get yeah. his team involved with that? Yeah. Yeah, he should really uncover what kind of simulation this is. Because if he did uncover it, then he'd be the first one to uncover it. Then have him and the team would be the first ones to be able to monetize that, right? Exactly. Exactly. So there's, there's reason for doing that, to finding out if the simulation is a simulation. And then if we're in a simulation of that simulation. Or, or maybe this will all be uncovered in the fourth Matrix film, which was just announced. I know. So we'll uh, find are out. Are you excited about the fourth Matrix film? No. <laughs> were you excited about the first Matrix film? Yes, the first Matrix film. I saw that film three times when it came out. Because it was incredible. It was amazing. and Filmed in Sydney. Yes, that's true. Um, although I didn't really realize that at the time, but... I haven't had the experience of coming out of a theater and wondering if I'm inside of a simulation. So yeah. it makes you think about things. Um, yeah, phenomenal moment in time when The Matrix came out. And, and I think uh, anything else after that, I don't know if it really captured the, the feeling of the first one. I, I would lightly disagree. I thought The Animatrix... Oh yeah, yeah. That, the Animatrix was a, that was very good. That held that up. Excellent. I thought that was good. Yeah, very but strong. We don't, I don't think we need to talk about two or three. I think there's the less said about that, the yeah. better, really. But if you think about it, Keanu Reeves, he's been doing very well, hasn't he? You 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 would have thought that maybe his career could have just dived off into nothing after that, right? But especially but he's, now, he's he's doing very well. I mean, this year he had John Wick three, Toy Story four. He's, in a, the, he's starring in the new cyberpunk video game as well. And he's got Bill and Ted. 
the third movie in that franchise yeah. is coming out. Yeah, I mean, amazing. He's, he's a very busy, and that cyberpunk cameo that he's going to have in yeah. looks quite amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting world we live in where Keanu Reeves is back, and it and was. And soon he's going to save us from the simulation. Hopefully. Right? Yeah. And he won't have any eyebrows gonna, when he does it. I know. You're going to wake up in a vat of green liquid and and get, and then he's going to save us and everything will be good. And, and fingers crossed. Yes. It all goes to plan. Is this right? what we're talking about? Yeah. I mean, it's, okay. we're, we're, we're three minutes deep, so why not? <laughs> I mean, we can go wherever we want from here. But let's talk about what we should touch on tonight, drive night mm. here at the Incredible Race Service. Sat. In a very well-illuminated studio, I will say. Yes. And the he, ornamental conifer art studio, normally. Yeah, normally. He's very, Nico was very nice to turn this over to me. I also borrowed one of his power cables without asking, so hopefully he won't hold that against oh, me. Oh, dear. So I have to make it up to him next time I see him. But uh, if I didn't have that power cable, we wouldn't be able to talk now. Ah. Record, at least. Let's put it that way. Well, thank you to Ornamental Conifer. Yeah, thank yes. you very much. And uh, uh, do you know whose idea it was for the strobe lights to be put up? Oh, I guess the lighting here. I should have the LED lighting at the front. Because it's no. very good. No. Andy wanted to take credit for it. Okay. So I'll just tell you Andy did all the good work. Good on Andy. But um, what game have you been playing, Rod? Um, well... You probably know that I was I worked on Project Cars 2. That was the last video game that I worked on. I, I do know that because... And then I, I, then I retired from video game um, development and moved on to other things. But So I have a, um, a simulator in my home yes. uh, with a VR setup. And I've been gradually building it up. I've got Fanatec steering wheels, a play seat. I've got fans now that are attached to the steering wheel that blow air in my face that are... Um, speed dependent and um, so depending on the speed of the car the fans blow uh, different different amounts of air which I think it really adds to the um, immersive experience so um, does that mean so that if you if for me with my flowing locks of yeah. air would that be blowing exactly as I'm cascading yes, down yes, the yeah, straight? Yeah, yes that would be happening perfect um, so I'm I focus mostly on project cars okay and the thing to note is that each of the different simulation games, if you want to call them games, or the Simcade games like uh, Forza and Gran Turismo, or even the Codemasters um, uh, games, they all have different philosophies around uh, physics. So usually people tend to gravitate into what they like, whether they're into iRacing or Seta Corsa or R Factor or Project Cars. Or Gran Turismo, yeah, whichever one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they, or the F1 mm -hmm. uh, video games. So. They all have kind of different uh, feelings, and um, some people who are you know super skilled they jump in and out of different uh, types of um, of simulation. But I uh, right now I, I just enjoy um, curating my experience in, in Project Cars too. We've also I'm, I'm part of a small group of people that every Thursday we get together and race. Um, yeah, so Project Cars too still. My go-to for simulation racing. And then, with you saying that every Thursday, does this mean that you like set this up ahead, so you week ahead you'll talk about which cars or which tracks you're going to be racing? Uh, and then you set the Some practice? of the others are pretty committed to it, and they're talking about what they want to do. Um, I tend to jump in and out, depending on if I have time or not, because I'm pretty busy doing other things. I know, you're a very, very busy yeah, man here. Yeah, but it's, um, it's good fun. Multiplayer racing is definitely a whole other experience than racing against AI, which I'm having more used to doing in the past, uh, what is it now, two years since Project Cars 2 came out. 
Do you find that um, the racing against the individuals then, like in your club on a Thursday, is more unpredictable than, say, than racing against the AI? Yeah. You're likely and, to have um, We also do a thing called, have you heard of Discord? No. Discord is a system that people use to chat with each other while they're playing okay. for multi- over multiplayer. So we have a Discord uh, system that we, so we're chatting with each other while we're driving. But and, it's a lot of fun. And so when you say you're chatting, does that mean obviously you're saying very positive comments to everyone? Along the way, or you're apologizing for punting someone off the track as well, yeah, 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 obviously, because they're all gentlemen racers, naturally. I'm assuming. Yeah, some people get a bit more competitive than others, <laughs> but it's it's all pretty lighthearted fun. And then, so we're here, obviously tonight. And is this one of your fellow racers that's coming up now to try and catch us on camera of sorts? Yes, yes, that's uh, that's Spencer. I, yeah, and. I understand that he's one of the. Is he? Would he be one of the more focused races that you come up against, or more of the gentleman races that you come up against? Well, maybe you should interview Spencer next. Hi, Spencer. Um, uh, because he races uh, vintage cars in real life, and then is a pretty committed uh, sim racer as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess then. Right, I should let you go back so you can go have your second chance to try and beat Spencer on the track, right? Um, and then you can throw Spencer over here and we can ask him all these questions. Yeah, yeah. Should we ask him more about the ma- what, more Matrix questions with Spencer or should we go on <laughs> other things? Is, is this a simulation? Exactly. That's, that's, yeah. that's what should I lead with? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Pardon me? Is that what I should lead with? with Sp- uh, what, is this a simulation? Um, that could be a very good question that we ask different people. You can get uh, philosophical about that. Yeah. yeah. Or have you tr- jumped on the simulators yourself? No, not tonight. I've been too busy busy doing this. Uh, do you do you sim race? You, not you got enough. Your, no? I don't think. Not enough is what I think the honest answer is there. Oh. Maybe uh, I should do more of it. I quite enjoy it. I, I find um, uh, the, I, I read somewhere that there's a few things that you should do over the course of your life to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is read books. You know, the act of reading a book uh, keeps your mind focused. Uh, dancing is also very healthy. Like... Um, how you use your brain and your body together. Did it say it's also very healthy? Any type of dancing it suggested, or just, uh, any just, just in general? And then exercise is also good. Um, but one other thing is uh, playing video games. Okay. Uh, especially as you get older, because um, just using that high-speed twitch uh, use of your nervous system and being able to concentrate for lengths of times, so like play a game for one hour, is. Um, it's very worthwhile, quite healthy. You know, it's in saying that, Roger, you've made my father very happy because now you can tell. Oh, yeah, uh, that's my right. Your, your that. father's quite into video gaming. Yeah. So I've taken on a project um, myself that I decided a few months ago that I was going to learn the Nordschleife. Okay, yep. In simulation. Mm-hmm. Um, because in Project Cars 2, it's, um, it's scanned. So it's millimeter perfect. And um, so all I do is, is I usually drive a Zach Speed Capri. Um, yeah, 700 horsepower, uh, Group 5 Monster. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just try and survive. But I usually race for at least an hour, or sometimes an hour and a half in VR on the Nordschleife. And it's, it's really good concentration. Look, whatever works, right? Yeah. It's going to keep you healthy, keeps the mind healthy, the body healthy. Yeah. It basically is the future of health. It's just is simulation racing Zach Speed Capris. Sat down. Thank you very much. In your home. Exactly. There yeah. you go. On, on that, we'll leave it there. Exactly. Thanks so much, Rod. Okay. Cheers. Right. Bye, guys. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We're glad that we could have you here. It's been a wonderful night here, drive night at race services. We've talked to a few people. It's probably going to happen again. Some racing went down. Lots of accidents went down. But it was all in the virtual world. So, you know, not too bad. No one's hurt anything. 
No one's upset, so it's all good. But on that note, as always, you can find me at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook. Or you could find us in all those interesting places where you can find the podcast. And make sure you get sign up. Sign someone else up. Leave us a great review. And, uh, yeah, until then, guys, we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Bye-bye.